Welcome back to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Yay! For those of you who listened to my last episode, All the Dumb Holidays, you'll know that was a very long episode. That took me over a week to produce that episode of working every single night. Also, I had a mind-blowing realization when I was producing that episode because I was going through months, weeks, days, and all these stupid holidays like Bat Appreciation Month. What? And it started to occur to me that it's weird that October is the 10th month of the year, even though October begins with the prefix octo, which would mean eight, like octopus, eight tentacles. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to look at some of the other months and see if their prefixes mean anything that would indicate why October is eight when it's the 10th month. What I realized was that in Latin, the number seven is septem, the number nine is novem, and the number 10 is decem. That would make January and February the 11th and 12th months of the year. That would mean New Year would be on March 1st. What? We've been celebrating too early, people. Now, I was curious why this happened. I did a little research and I actually found out that the Roman calendar originally only had 10 months, with December being the last and March being the first. So technically, still correct that March is the first month, which would mean that is the new year. Apparently, it wasn't until 713 BC that the Roman king Numa Pompilius added two months to the winter season. So I guess at the time, during winter, those were just monthless days, and they didn't really keep track of that. That's weird. So yes, technically, December was always intended to end the year, but March was also intended to begin the year. So yes, March 1st is New Year, people. And if you just look at the Latin numbers, September being 7th, December being 10th, that makes February the 12th and final month of the year. So I have been watching the final season of the show Succession on HBO, a hugely popular show, and I really enjoyed it early on, but it just kind of started to wear itself out over the seasons, and after the last season, the third one, I decided, you know what, I'm just done with this show. Then I found out that this fourth season is the final season. I'm like, all right, I'll finish what I started, and I'll be honest, the first couple episodes of this fourth and final season were intriguing, and I'm thinking, all right, maybe they're going to step up their game for this final season and then all of a sudden same old crap not going to give any spoilers but boy is it hard i'm choking down just to get through the rest of this season and i really don't watch that much tv so it's even more annoying when i'm committed to something that i'm not really enjoying so if you were like me and you were on the fence about i don't know if i'm going to keep watching succession on this final season and you haven't already eh you could probably do without. So last update I want to give is about something that happened to me last week, the week that I was doing the crazy nine days of post-production on that last podcast episode. My washing machine died. Now, this washing machine is older than shit. It's probably 15 plus years old. It has done countless loads, so it has served its purpose. But it was Friday night, so one week ago today, and I put a load in the washer, went upstairs, did some stuff here in the studio slash office, and then went down to put stuff in the dryer and it was just full of water Ah! it never drained i'm like that's not good i'm trying to use the dial on the cycles to figure something out will anything work i read online maybe try and plugging it for at least a full minute maybe some washers will have a master reset tried that nothing was working i'm like well son of a bitch here's the problem because i'm in between sizes right now because i've been losing weight there's only a handful of shorts that really are fitting me comfortably at the moment and those were in the washing machine Now I'm figuring, okay, well, I guess they, you know, they're sitting in soapy water close enough to clean. 
So I pulled those out, wrung them out, and threw them in the dryer so I would have some shorts for the next couple days. At this point now, I have to use a cup and then a large pot so that I can scoop a cup full of water out into the pot until the pot is full, walk the pot from my washing machine into the kitchen and dump it in the sink, go back to the washer, cup to pot, cup to pot, cup to pot, pot to sink, over and over. It was This was a long process and not good for my back, I might point out. Oh. Finally, I got it low enough that I was able to kind of take everything that was still in this water, wring it out, and kind of hang it up over the open door of the washing machine because it was a top loader so that it could at least kind of drip dry. I wasn't going to wear these or dry them, but it just got it out of the way so I could finish purging the water from the washing machine. So I do that. Now I'm like, I'm still frustrated and I unplug it for like five minutes. I'm like, maybe I need a more master master reset. So now that I've done the master master reset, fingers crossed, I turn the dial, I pull it, and voila, water starts coming out. I'm like, oh, this is good. It wasn't doing anything before. So I quickly throw a new laundry pot in the water as it's filling up. I take all those clothes that I had wrung out and hung up over the door of the washing machine, put them all back in there. I'm like, okay, maybe everything's okay. Came back in like 20, 25 minutes. It was just stalled and once again, completely full of water. This point with my back, I'm like, I am not purging this washing machine a second time tonight. It's just going to have to sit. I'm going to deal with it tomorrow. Well, actually, it sat there for two days. It's not like I was going to do anything with those clothes anyway. So again, all this happened on Friday night, and I'm looking at the prices of washing machines. I'm like, I don't really have the money to go buy a new washing machine like without messing up my budget. So I get on Craigslist, and I start looking at used washing machines, and I ended up finding one not far from the school I work at that was a relatively newer front loader Samsung with like this fancy digital display on the front for 200 bucks. I countered in the email and said, I'll give you 175. And they said, okay. So Monday I had an extra long day at the school. So I had asked if it would be possible to pick the washing machine up after I left the school at eight o'clock on Tuesday night, which they said is fine. So I actually grabbed a dolly that was at the school, a pretty heavy duty dolly thinking, all right, I don't even know who I'm dealing with. Is this a man, a woman? Are they going to be able to even help me get it? Is it on a second floor? I don't know anything. So I left the school that night. I was about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes away from the school. And I get there and I'm looking and it's like a ranch house. So I'm thinking, okay, first floor, that's good. So I go up, I knock on the door. An older gentleman opens the door and he's like, oh, I, I forgot all about you coming tonight. That's what she said. He's like, hold on, let me go through and I'll, I'll get the door open, which he meant the garage door. And I'm like, even better. This thing's already in the garage. And it was right at the front of the garage. So I throw it up on the dolly and I'm carefully easing it down the driveway to where my van was parked on the street because their vehicles were already in their driveway. And now I'm trying to calculate if this thing will be too tall to try and lift and load upright because I know you're supposed to transport washing machines upright. I'm also looking at this dude and thinking, I don't think he's going to be able to help me lift this thing up into the van. And also height-wise, didn't look like it was going to make it. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to kind of load it on its side. I'm going to tilt it, push it in, slide it in. That's what I did. It was easy peasy, Japanesey. And then I went home and now I have the task of removing the old washing machine, getting the new one out of the van by myself and making this swap by myself. I had underestimated the weight of washing machines since I haven't moved a washing machine in like 12 years. I thought, yeah, as long as I have the dolly, I'll be fine. Yeah, 
wasn't so fine. So first thing I did when I got home was I backed my van up the driveway, partially into the garage, opened the back hatch, slowly eased and slid the new washing machine out and got it into the garage, pulled my van forward a little so that I could then close the garage door. So now I've got the dolly and the new washing machine in the garage. Now I just got home from work, so that means I got to go let puppy Coda out. And then she stays out for an hour, hour and a half before I put her back in for a little nap. And I didn't want to try and do all this while she was awake because that would be a major pain in my ass. So I just kind of was like, I'm just going to have to be patient and wait until it's time for her to nap again. And then I'll deal with all this. So now by the time I'm able to start doing this, it's like 1030 at night. So I go in, I shut the water off. I remove the hoses and everything for the old washing machine. I kind of scooch, scooch, scooch it out. It's in a slightly tight area in an actual little laundry room. And then I grab the dolly from the garage. I bring it in and I'm able to get the washing machine, the old one, out of the laundry room. Just barely squeezed it through the doorway. All right, so now I've got the door from my kitchen area into the garage open so that I can get it down. So I've got like two wooden steps between the landing in the kitchen hallway area down into the garage. Also, we'll discuss up from the garage, but let's work with the removal of the old one first. So I get that one, it's, I'm just slowly easing it down each step because it's a little wobbly, I don't have it strapped onto the dolly or anything. Finally get it down into the garage, it's like, okay, there we go, halfway there. So now I gotta get the new one, and the new one is even heavier than the old one. Let's keep in mind the old one still had some water in it because I could only purge so much. There was still some settled down at the bottom I wasn't able to get, which made it heavier. But even then, the new one is still heavier. I thought new shit was supposed to be lighter. So I get the dolly behind the new washing machine and unfortunately, I just can't reach far enough to get enough leverage to tip it back on the dolly. Which, in the long run, this probably turned out to be a good thing because trying to get it in, well, we'll get there. So I'm like rifling through things in my garage until I find these like straps that you connect these two little hooks on each side and then you can ratchet it down and tighten it to the dolly. So that's what I do. Of course, because this is a front-loading washing machine, the front is uneven because it is the door. So I got to make sure I'm doing it in a way that I'm not breaking that glass in the door. So I get this thing ratcheted down and now I'm finally able to just barely get this thing tilted back. So now I got to get this up those two stairs and technically a third step to get it over the landing into the kitchen hallway. So I get it positioned at the first step. I'm kind of standing inside the house. Got the dolly really low to make sure that I keep it on the dolly. I don't want this thing falling off, even though it's strapped on. Don't want to take any chances. I give a big old heave-ho. I do not get it up that first step. Another heave-ho. Nope, not happening. I do this over and over again and I'm starting to get frustrated, but it's, like I said, it's after 10.30 at night. Not like I can go like knock on a neighbor's door and say, hey, can you help me get this washing machine inside? And at this point, I'm also like, I'm committed. I'm getting this thing in. I need to start some laundry tonight. So I heave ho over and over again, finally get it up the first step, but now it's like precariously placed on this first step. I can only rock it forward enough to get momentum to get to the next step before falling off that step. And I decide I'm gonna put my foot up against the wall by the doorway to give myself more leverage. And after a couple more heave hoes, I make it onto the second step. Now I'm far enough in the house, I don't have enough leg to get leverage on the wall to get it up into the landing. And I'm trying and trying, but again, very precariously placed on the step where I don't have much wiggle room. If I pull and it doesn't make it all the way up and it bounces back down onto the step, I run the risk of it bouncing all the way down, possibly damaging the washing machine. 
So finally, I decide I'm gonna lay the dolly down, the handles on the little hallway of the kitchen. Now I've gotta like lean past the washing machine that's halfway in the doorway, press the button to open my garage door, go out the front door, into the garage, I have to reach under the bottom of the dolly on the garage side, lift up, scooch it in until the wheels are inside the house, and that's how I successfully got it into the house. Then I go to put it in the laundry room and realize that this washing machine is obviously a little wider than the other one because now I have to take the freaking door off just to get it in. So I get it in, I am sweating like crazy, I am exhausted, I have to like sit on the floor with my back against the opposite side of the laundry room wall using my feet to scooch this thing into place because it's such a tight fit. That's what she said. But I finally got it in, got it hooked up, took me a while to figure out how to use this thing because it was super fancy. And of course now in the back of my head I'm thinking, alright, this is the moment of truth. Did I just pay $175 for a piece of junk? Did I possibly mess it up by transporting it on its side? and all of the heave-ho attempts of rattling it around while I was trying to get it into the house. But luckily for me, it ran a load, no problem. I've now done, I want to say, four loads since then, including some nice fresh bed sheets, so yay me. I have a brand new washing machine sitting right next to a very old dryer, so we'll see how long now the dryer lasts. But that is my story of the broken washing machine. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump into our topic really quick. I want to remind everyone you can go follow me on social media on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. I do continue to add new comedic content to my TikTok page, including lately I've been kind of making fun of the trend of people using AI filters. That seems to be kind of one of my shticks on TikTok is making fun of current trends. Seems to make sense because by following the trend, I'm doing something that is technically popular and a higher likelihood of more views and likes, but while also poo-pooing the stupid society for doing all of this dumb shit. All right, so on to our topic, the human body is weird. So you guys know I love learning moments, and I'm, I've always been fascinated by things that are scientific or biological. I've always been fascinated with the just meticulous nature of detail and everything that goes with the human body. So we're going to discuss some of that shit that makes our bodies a little weird. And of course, being Jeff, we're going to go ahead and start with the silliest thing, how our buttholes work. So we know the official term for a butthole is anus, which is derived from the 1600s Middle French term meaning ring. Guess this has to make it tricky when actually talking about rings in France. Also, does this mean that when you propose to a woman that it is equally acceptable to just simply offer her your butthole? Because that's a ring. Instead of getting down on your knee, you get down on all fours. So that was the middle French term, slightly different than French today. In the current French language, the word anus, I was like, well, how do they pronounce anus in France if it means ring? Well, actually, anus is anus, and ring in French is anu. So very similar, just that little sound separates a ring from an anus. What if you wanted to order onion rings, and you have a lisp, and you ended up with onion anus on your plate? That would suck. Now, we also know that the butthole is called a sphincter, and the human body has 50 different sphincters, and that's basically just a muscle that tightens and contracts. Now, a lot of people might think another name for the butthole is the rectum, but that is not true. 
true. The rectum is not the butthole, but it is actually the last part of the large intestine before the anal canal. So I assumed, you know, when I'm doing my research that our anus is voluntary because it feels like we can control it for the most part when you're going to release a poopsie or when you're going to release a fart. And I confirmed that, that the external anal sphincter is a voluntary muscle that responds to volitional commands, so that basically means willpower, allowing you to contract and maintain continence, that would be your shit, when feces are propelled through a relaxed internal anal sphincter into the rectum. All right, there's another sphincter up there called the internal anal sphincter. I do like that the feces is being propelled. That sounds forceful. And yes, the internal anal sphincter right before the butthole is involuntary. So that's probably why there are a lot of close calls between the involuntary internal sphincter and the voluntary external one. So, you know, there's times where you're really feeling a lot of pressure and you're like, I'm afraid to push. I don't know if it's a fart or a poop. Feels like a fart, but I could be wrong. And I'm running the risk of a shart. So when researching how our bodies know whether we have to fart or actually have to poop, I found that once your anal canal has sampled the contents of the rectum, that sounds like a little kid at Baskin Robbins. I'll try the chocolate. Let me try the cookies and cream. So your anal canal has sampled the contents of the rectum and it compares all of the sensory signals. It decides whether there is gas or poop in the rectum and this information makes it all the way to your brain. That's how you know if it's a poop or a fart. So our brain, way on the other side of the body, knows what is in the rectum. That's some pretty advanced processing right there. Now, let's talk about shitting things like corn. Because when I eat a lot of corn, I basically feel like I have become a lemon Skittles factory. Because my shits are just filled with basically undigested corn. And I found out that basically it boils down to high fiber items that don't properly digest, like corn, beans, seeds, the skin of vegetables like green peppers or tomatoes. So if you ever see just shit that doesn't look like shit in your shit, that is why. Also, I was curious, why is spicy food still spicy when I'm pooping? Well, apparently the heat-causing compounds in spicy foods, they don't get absorbed into your body, and instead they move throughout your body, so your poop actually contains spicy particles. That's us! Spicy meatball! And since the cells, similar to those in your mouth, are the ones that line the end of your rectum and your pooper, you experience a burning sensation when you shit that stuff out. And all of this detail just in taking a shit, that's why I don't believe in divine creation. You know, that we were created by an all-powerful God. There is too much detail. I mean, if God was all-powerful, he wouldn't have created every little blood vessel, sphincter, multiple layers of skin. He would just basically take a clump of mold and go, bam, you're alive. And speaking of layers of skin and skin in general, it's very weird that skin regenerates. So there are five layers of skin or outer skin known as the epidermis, and there are new cells constantly being made in the epidermis, and that is how it renews itself. So with a skin injury, new cells are being made in the lower epidermis, and then those slowly move up to the surface within like three to four weeks. That's how you go from a cut to a scab to 
just skin. But what about burns? Like we've seen burns, those don't regenerate. Well, that would be because of the dermis, not the epidermis. So the dermis is a thick layer of living tissue under the epidermis. It contains blood capillaries, nerve endings, sweat glands, and our hair follicles. But along the lines of burns, you know, like let's talk about scars. How come the epidermis didn't just heal itself to where we still see this scar? But again, going back to the dermis, when the tissue has been really heavily damaged lower than the epidermis, those tissues break and it causes a protein called collagen to be released. Anyone? Collagen? No wonder people look weird after collagen injections. We're basically just pumping scar tissue into their faces. But the collagen that we naturally generate builds up where the tissue in the dermis was to help fortify and strengthen the wound and thus it never really fully heals in the epidermis. So a scar is basically just a collagen buildup. So another thing I've always heard that our hair and our nails keep growing after we die. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that before. So I'm thinking, well, I'm jealous because I can't get hair to grow in some spots and I'm alive. But after looking it up, the truth is that they do not keep growing. It's simply the fact that as your body deteriorates, your skin retracts and that creates the illusion of longer nails and hair. The hair and nails do not grow after you die. Sorry to burst your bubble. But speaking of growing, our noses and ears do keep growing our entire lives. So I want you to think about generations from now when people are living to like 200, we're going to have a generation of people with just Dumbo ears and giant schnozzes because we figured out a way to make their bodies live longer, but their ears and noses, they just didn't know when to quit. So I can already tell based on the fact that I only have one more piece to discuss in my show prep. Granted, it's three pages long, but this isn't going to be a crazy long episode. That's fine. The last one gave you plenty, but we're going to wrap up with fun facts about the human body. So let's start with your eyes. You blink about 20 times per minute. That's over 10 million times per year. I am almost 48, so on average, I've blinked 480 million times. Just call me Blinky. Did you know that earwax is actually a form of sweat? Just an excretion that is releasing things the same way like waste and toxins that are sweat would, but it's just in your ear hole. Let's talk about taste buds. Your tongue is covered in over 8,000 taste buds. Again, divine intervention. God wouldn't take the time to figure out 8,000 taste buds. Also, at the time, there really wasn't that much to eat. How would he have known to plan for things like banana splits and filet mignon? There is only one muscle in your body that never gets tired. That is the heart. Yes, the heart is a muscle. Now, eventually it does get tired and it stops. So that's kind of a lie that it never tires. Otherwise, our hearts would never stop. For all of you people who are clean freaks or germ freaks, just a heads up that every minute, each person sheds over 30,000 skin cells. Yuck. Here's a fun one. On average, we pee enough every month to fill a bathtub. What? That's a lot of pee. Probably shouldn't take a bath in it, though. Almost makes me want to just plug up my bathtub, start peeing in it for a month, see how high I can get. Did you know that the human body has 2.5 million sweat pores? Well, I didn't know the number, but I'm very aware at the time of doing the washing machine swap out, I'm pretty sure I was sweating out of all 2.5 million pores on my body. I was soaking wet. Did you know that when you wake up, you are one centimeter 
taller than when you go to bed. And that's because the soft cartilage between your bones gets squished and compressed by gravity during the course of the day, making you one centimeter shorter when you go to bed. Going back to the pee in the bathtub, let's talk about filling things with bodily waste. On average, people fart enough in just one day to fill a party balloon. That's a weird stat, whoever wrote that and used a party balloon. Couldn't you just set a balloon? I mean, that's gonna be a pretty shitty party if the balloon pops. Not sure you're not gonna make a balloon animal out of it. Maybe you can make a balloon intestines with a rectum and some sphincters. How about the fact that our brain only accounts for 2% of our total body mass, but actually uses 20% of our oxygen and blood supply. So the brain is a needy son of a bitch. Let's talk about the strength of our bones. So pound for pound, so in relative terms, human bones are stronger than steel. A block of bone the size of a matchbox, that's pretty small, can support up to nine tons of weight before being crushed. That's 18,000 pounds on a matchbox size block of human bone. I almost want to try this out, but I also don't want to. Going back to the ridiculous amount of detail in our body, if you were to take all of the blood vessels in your body and lay them out end to end, it would wrap around the entire entire globe three times. Yes, that means you have upwards of 100,000 miles of blood vessels in your body. I mean, that's mind-boggling. A lot of people would say, well, that's proof of a god. Again, I don't think a god just pointing and going poof would be thinking about 100,000 miles of different blood vessels and 8,000 taste buds and 2.5 million sweat pores. That's a lot of shit going on. If you're magical, just make it work. Why? If you were able to just create and do anything you wanted, would you create all of this finite detail? Or would you just go, here's my lump of clay, go play. Here's an interesting one going back to the growth of hair and nails. Well, specifically nails, your fingernails actually grow four times faster than your toenails. I mean, I guess that's a good thing because toenails are annoying when they grow out. So are fingernails. I'm a fervent fingernail biter, but I'm also a guitar player, so I don't want long fingernails. Also, I'm just a nervous Nelly with an oral fixation. But that would make sense as to why I have to to bite my fingernails four times more often than I have to bite my toenails. So that kind of makes sense. I'm kidding. I don't bite my freaking toenails, people. I'm fucked up. I'm not that fucked up. Here's a horrifying thought. Once the oxygen supply is cut off to your brain, it can survive up to six minutes. So basically that would mean kind of like being dead. We're not talking about being oxygen starved. We're saying it's cut off. You're done. Six minutes. Does that mean you can see? Does that mean that you can hear? Does that mean that you can think? I'll be honest, this made me think about having to have the plug pulled on my dad in 2020, and I watched the life fade from his eyes. I mean, he died in front of me. But now I'm wondering, for the next six minutes, was he aware of what was happening around him in the room? If he was able to think, was he regretting nodding his head to give me the go-ahead to pull the plug, but unable to give me any indication 
action because otherwise his body had died. I don't know, this whole six minute thing about the brain, it's been fucking me up left and right since I found out about it. I mean, think about people who have been decapitated either by a punishment or just by a horrible accident is their severed head seeing, hearing, and thinking for up to six minutes after going, man, I now have six minutes to accept the fact that I don't have a body anymore and I'm pretty much dead. Again, a very fucked up thing to think about. Here's one that I found interesting that when you blush, I don't really know, I don't blush often. It is very difficult to embarrass me, but apparently a lot of people kind of feel in their stomach something happening when they blush. Maybe it's kind of that same vibe of what we call butterflies in your stomach, but apparently when you blush on your face, your stomach also turns red and you feel that. What? All right, this one scares me almost as much as the whole brain six minute thing. There are tumors known as teratomas that can grow their own teeth and hair. That's horrifying, Jeff. I know. Could you imagine being a surgeon going in to take out a tumor and pulling out a blobby mass that looks like Neil Young's head? Oh man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you. I would never be able to sleep again. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this one on a previous episode. Might have been when I was discussing animals, insects, something like that. But apparently humans glow in the dark. That's right. We glow in the dark. However, our eyes are too weak to detect it. So that's kind of messed up, especially if we are a product of divine intervention that God gave us the ability to glow in the dark, but not the ability to detect it. You asshole. What that probably means is that there are other creatures out there that do detect it and will have an easier time killing us in our sleep. Thanks, God. Also, don't forget, everything our eyes do detect is upside down and then flipped around before it hits our brain. So in reality, everything in front of you is the reverse of what you think it is. You're not sitting on the floor. You're on the ceiling. This doesn't make sense. I can't really process it, but I mean, that has to be true, right? If everything is upside down and reversed, what our brain processes is the reverse of what is actually being pumped into our eyeballs via light and shadow. Here's a fun one. When your body experiences extreme starvation, your brain will start to eat itself. That's a shame. I wonder how many minutes it has of eating itself to be aware of the fact that it's eating itself. What? Even more so, if you have a teratoma in your brain, it probably eats itself faster because now it has teeth. We all know there are 200 and some odd bones in your body. Of course, when you're born, there's like 300, but a lot of them fuse together as you get through your toddler years, and then you end up having less bones. All right, that's fucked up. But 25% of the bones in your body are in your feet. So, you know, the part of your body that is most likely to be stepped on or have something dropped on it or be ran over by a random tire, that's where 25% of the bones in your body exist. Have fun with that. Breaking news. The purchase of steel-toed boots has increased by 247% in just the last week. Sales have been attributed to a comedy podcast, Jeff Becomes Jeff. We've reached out to the representatives for the podcast and they have not yet provided a response. We'll keep you updated as this story develops. So, we know the acid in your stomach. Obviously, it's acid, and we know that's what breaks down our food. And think about all the shit 
that you eat. You don't think about what you put in your mouth. Yeah, you chew it to an extent. We as the gluttonous society that we have become probably don't chew as much as we need to. And then it goes into your belly and then the acid has to do the rest. But did you know that the acid in your stomach can actually dissolve metal and even your skin? Kind of like those dinosaurs that spit acid on you and it's like, ah, Yet, for some reason, that same acid that can dissolve metal does not dissolve your organs from the inside out. So, the lining of our stomach, I should have researched this a little more, but it has to be made up of some weird, like, alien fucking material that it's stronger than metal. Speaking of acid, did you know that a vagina has the same acidic pH as a tomato? Don't know why I brought that up. It was just in my research. It's been a long time for me since I've been with a woman, starting to wonder if maybe I shouldn't pop a hole in a tomato. I mean, after all, it has the same acidic pH. Sorry, Mom. All right, did you know that your ass muscle, the gluteus maximus, is actually the largest muscle in your body? So between your feet and your ass, that's the majority of your bone and muscle. The rest of the body is pretty much worthless. Going back to the whole thing about the rectum. Rectum? Damn near killed him. (laughs) Sending sensory signals as to whether you have poopy or farts inside, did you know that information travels to your brain at 268 miles per hour? What? Now, first you might be saying to yourself, that's really fast. I can't believe stuff's traveling through my body at 268 miles an hour. But also think about the fact that like Indy cars, so like the Indy 500, those things travel over 230 miles an hour. So we've built cars that are running on combustion engines with fuel and all kinds of weight of machinery and framework and a driver, and we can make those go just 30 miles shy of what our body can do with sending information from point A to point B. Let's talk about airliners. You know, you take a flight somewhere on vacation. Those are going twice as fast as what our brain receives information on. So, seems fast, but in comparison to other things that we've created as man, not that fast. Now, it's fast enough if you, you know, slam your finger in a door or cut it, you're going to feel it pretty quickly because your brain received that information in in the time it would take to go 268 miles an hour from your cut finger to your brain. It's a pretty short time. All right, finally, the last fun fact I will give you is that approximately every seven years, your body has fully regenerated cells, including skin, bone, blood vessels, everything. So essentially every seven years, you die and are reborn, which means I'm currently coming up on Jeff 7.0. I've known this fact for a while, and it was funny because when my daughter was... I don't know, 14 or so, I had a picture of her up on the fridge from when she was two or three, and at one point she said to me, oh, I was so cute back then, and I'm like, well, she's dead, and she's like, what? I'm like, well, that girl's dead. You've been reborn already at least once, and she was so upset with me that I had basically tried to tell her that this cute little girl herself in the picture, that's a dead girl. Yes, I probably have scarred my kids for life. Actually, they are, as far as I know, very well-adjusted and are no doubt going to be at least somewhat weird because they grew up with me. <laughs> <laughs>
So that's all I put in the show prep, but I do want to point out, I do think it's very weird going back to, you know, pooping and farting and the butthole and all that, but how many forms of excretion and waste our body has? It's not just a few things. There's a lot. You've got sweat. You've got coughing. You've got sneezing. You've got snot. There's spitting, bleeding, pus from an infection trying to get out of your body. And of course, the classic piss, shit, and farts. It's a lot of ways that things are constantly excreted from your body. And we're only getting into the external side of things. I mean, imagine all the mechanics and shit that's going into actually making those ready for excretion on the external. All the shit going on inside to do that? Pretty fucking crazy. Takes a lot of thought, a lot of detail, maybe not a lot of thought. Again, not sure we were invented. There's something else going on here, people, but it's not divine creation. I'm gonna go on the record and say there's absolutely nothing divine about my body. All right, I'm gonna wrap this one up. I probably should have done a little more show prep research, but I spent so much time getting the last episode out that I didn't want to do that again. So I kept this one a little more concise, not apologetic that this may be a shorter episode or definitely will be from the last one. It might be closer to my average, but probably a little under that. But you got 90 minutes of shit last episode you get what you get and deal with it again just a reminder that i'm constantly making content on tiktok so please go follow me on tiktok at jeff becomes jeff you can also follow me on instagram facebook or twitter at jeff becomes jeff let me know if you have comments on any of the shows if you have show ideas or topic ideas i would love to explore those sometimes it's hard for me to come up with stuff all the damn time and when i do stumble upon an idea i really want to dig into well you get more content because I put a lot more time into the show prep. I do want to thank everyone for continuing to tune in. I'm still getting listens from all around the globe. Much appreciated. And actually, listenership has been up in the last month or two, so starting to see some new growth, and I appreciate that as well. Please tell everyone you know, if you don't listen to Jeff Becomes Jeff, you're not my best friend anymore. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Oh man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. And I'm your involuntary anal sphincter. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. That's a spicy meatball. Good night. <laughs>
forget You said I don't really wanna be your friend I've been tried and I've cried and I'm done crying And then I laughed in his face And then I saw the guy 